This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Well, it's not Carmen DeFalco, but it's Randy Merkin sitting in for Carmen DeFalco here on The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. And of course... If it's the odds couple, the guy who never takes a week off is Mike North, who's with us as always. Mike, how are you? Oh, Randy, it's good to talk to you, Carmen, on a well-deserved day off. Uh, I'll tell you what, last week, uh, 3-0 and I was. And, and in fact, folks, if you listen to the bonus play uh, with uh, Carmen and Yurko, which will, you know, the podcast will be up before 148 today. I'll be on with them. Last week, I took the uh, Avalanche. Uh, 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 Tampa Bay game. I took Tampa Bay. I took. Uh, I actually predicted the score three to two, and I took the under. So it was magical. Took Texas here on the odds couple. Carmen fell a little bit short on his pick, but we were three and one total. Uh, Randy, what did you pick? I forgot about what you. You know, uh, I wasn't here last week, Mike. I oh, was at okay. uh, my son's baseball right. tournament. How did was- that go? Uh, it was good, and you know what? I was bummed I wasn't here because there was a bet I liked on Friday night I loved, Which? and I was going to text Carmen. I totally got lost in the tournament, and I totally uh-huh. forgot to text you. And uh, but whatever, it happens. What was it? I uh, I don't remember now. I, mean, I was just thinking right now, <laughs> on top of my head. I'm like, what was Did that? Did you guys bet win the tournament at least? Nah, it's nah. it's been kind of a rough summer so far, but hopefully uh, they got two more tournaments. Hopefully they can turn cool. it around. All right, yeah, go get them, Brett. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's your biggest fan. Uh, I love him. So, so Mike, obviously, there, there's I don't even know where to start because there's there's so much going on and mm-hmm. um, huge news day on Thursday, right. just crazy news day. Kevin Durant wants a trade. USC and UCLA are coming uh-huh. to the Big Ten, um, but I I kind of want to start with what's going on on the South Side with the White Sox because mm-hmm. uh, you know they they've been kind of lately a hit or miss team and. You know what you can do, Mike? You bet against them, and, and you're doing pretty well right now because the, the Sox have not been playing very good baseball. Well, yeah, and I just don't like their attitude. I don't like the way they're going about things. I've never heard a manager say, you know, go half speed. Uh, you know, for five ball players starting in the uh, in the top nine. Now, last the other day, I sent out a tweet. I was just completely aggravated with this team because uh, Tony Larusa wants to give people days off, but he said he had to call staff meetings. See, I signed down for Tony LaRussa. That's why I got some credibility here, because I'm not happy with him. He signed up to manage the White Sox. I signed up with him. You got to call a staff meeting to see if Andrew Vaughn's going to sit two days or one day, or should he sit? And then you need him to pinch hit. And because you decided ahead of time he's not playing at all, he can't come up for one at bat. They're a weak ball club right now. They're not winning anything unless they change their attitude. Uh, their trainer is James Cruck, who took over because their other cra- uh, trainer was carjacked uh, in Chicago. And also, uh, he's suing the Chicago White Sox now because of some other issues, which you guys can investigate if you want. I don't want to get into that. All I'm saying is you can't be listening to trainers all the time, They're, and especially a trainer who's running a mass unit. And I think right now he's managing soft. The team is soft. And we need an upgrade uh, in play and intensity. I can't be hearing from Giolito and Kopech that things got to pick up. I got to hear from the manager and the front office also. 
So, so are you still fairly confident? I know there's been a lot of injuries, and they're going to get mm-hmm. Jimenez back, and mm-hmm. they'll get other guys back. But mm-hmm. are you fairly confident that I mean we're not halfway at the halfway point? Right, I agree that this team can still, and they have a ton of games left with the AL Central. Are you still confident this is the team to beat? Well, yeah. If you don't, if you quit acting like uh, you know there's 130 games left, and you're sitting players left and right. Laurie Garcia shouldn't even be starting, but he, at times he's got to start. I understand that. But when it's time for him to be pinch hit for, you can't keep ignoring what he's hitting and hoping he comes out of it because you gave him $16 bucks. You can't. you got to put somebody else in, Vaughn, anybody. You can't predetermine who's going to sit. You just can't. You, you're in a pennant race here, and you're in a division that's winnable. But I just don't like the, the, the culture of this team right now. It's a very quiet ball club with a lack of intensity. All right. With that being said, Mike, right now, and this is the first time I've seen this in a while. I know it's mm. been close, but the Twins, who blew another game yesterday yeah. on, on Thursday against the Guardians, right. uh, another late loss, but they are the favorites right now, still a plus 110, in the, and mm. no one respects the Guardians. They're the third favorite. The Sox are plus 180. If you were placing a wager right now, Mike, would you still be confident in the, uh, the White Sox? No, and I wouldn't be confident in Minnesota because of their bullpen. I, I think the, uh, the, the, the team that surprised everybody that nobody saw coming was the Guardians. They, got, they, got a, uh, they signed Ramirez. He signed for a good amount of money, $150 million, which he said is great in Cleveland. It goes farther than $250, $250 million in New York or anywhere else. I think that they have a great manager. Uh, they're playing in front of like uh, 14,000 people. They're playing alone in Cleveland. Basically, uh, they're on a mission. Uh, so I just see, I just hear too many voices in the White Sox hierarchy. I, I, I just hear Kenny Way staff meeting to decide who you're sitting. You're the manager of the baseball team. You look weak. And like I said the other day, you may be the second winningest manager of all time, but you're also the second losingest manager of all time. So don't try to impress me with that. And don't, don't preach like when you have a one and two count. Oh, you see what Trey Turner hits? And then you don't know he's hitting under 200. So I, I, I see some shortcomings in the guy that I backed, Tony LaRussa. I'm not happy with him. I'm not happy with the ball club. And if Andrew Vaughn agrees to sit, I mean, I'd be the first guy, Randy. I'll be the first one. And you know this. I'm not sitting. I never sit. Right. I'm hitting like 300. Right. Why are you sitting me? Why are you sitting me? It makes, it makes him look weak, too. So I like the Guardian sort of in this situation. All right, let's, before we go to break, Mike, I just want to get yeah. you, I want to pick your brain in a couple more other divisions here. Sure. And there's a real interesting one because the Mets, you know, got off to a great start and they're still playing good baseball. Sure. And the team behind them, the, the team that won the World Series last year, the Atlanta Braves, did not get off to a good start, but right. they're on fire. They're playing much better. I know they lost on Thursday night to the Phillies, but mm-hmm. uh, my question for you is right now the Mets are minus 200 to win the NL East. The Braves are plus 170. The Mets have been without the two, their two best pitchers in the Grom and Scherzer. They'll probably get the Grom back after the All-Star break. Scherzer will probably be right before it. Are you confident at minus 200? Would you still place a bet on the Mets? Are you going with the Braves at plus 170? I wouldn't do either, to be honest with you, but I'd probably take the 200 with those two guys coming back if that happens. I mean, uh, and, and don't forget Alonso's having a good year. Great like year. Second, yeah, he's in second or third place for MVP right now as far as the National League goes, behind Goldschmidt, maybe, uh, who's having a tremendous year. 
So I would not even touch it. But if I was going to take a lean ranch, I would take uh, I would go with the minus two hundred and the Mets. Uh, they have a heck of a manager too. Don't forget that they upgraded their roster with Buck Walter. You know, it's pretty crazy when you look at some of these division, Mike. That Mets can't lose Atlanta. They can't get rid of them because Atlanta can't. keeps winning. They can't. And but look right. at—I mean, the Yankees division is over. I mean, it's right. I mean, the AL East is basically. What are done. they out by? It's, what are they up by? It's uh, it's got to be at least ten games right okay, now. Okay, let me tell you something. Me and Car- uh, Carmen talked about this. I think that last week they were twelve. 12 up on somebody. I don't have the standings. Let me uh, right thing. now, Mike, they're 12 and a half up on the Blue Jays. Okay, on the let me ask you Blue Jays. And, that, and that's, uh, yeah, 12 up. Let me ask you something, okay? Because me and Carmen discussed the Yankees. Would you, because I've seen 13 games blown. I've seen 14 games blown. I saw the White Sox almost blow a huge lead in 2005. Would you take the Yankees at minus 1,200? That means you got to bet twelve hundred to win a hundred to win the division right now. Or are you fearful they could, they they could maybe hit a slide or something like that? I I, I think it's safe, but stranger things have happened. What would you do? Uh, well, I agree. I mean, they you know the Yankees and the Red Sox had that you know the Red Sox absolutely quite, thirteen games out. Uh, I I would never make that bet just because that, that's a crazy bet. But, <laughs> that's a crazy yeah, bet. Yeah, but I, I I don't think there's any ways the Yankees okay. anyway the Yankees are blowing but, this league. But maybe and maybe you're right because me and Carmen said the same thing, but we also said we won bet it just like you. Right, it's not worth it. Right, and the other interesting one like. Mike, after the first month of the season, everyone's like, wow, this is finally the Angels team. Oh. We wanted Joe Madden's got them. You know, they're great. And they got the two best players in baseball and Shohei Tana and Mike Trout. Mike, they're like 12 out, 13 out. The Astros have an insane lead. And it's another, you know, division which is yeah. basically over. And we're just at July right now, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, Otani, first of all, has been on a roll. His last four games, he's pitched terrific. He's hitting the baseball. He's a freak of nature. Trout the same way, but they're not going to be in the playoffs again, it looks like here. Madden was a complete mess. Uh, the game apparently passed him by. The antics weren't working, what have you. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Houston, I watched them last night. They're a juggernaut. You know, they still got the team. They're on a mission because, don't forget, they, they will always be perceived as the fixers. So, um they're on a mission, it looks like to me. They can play with the Yankees, no doubt about it. Aaron Judge right now should be the MVP of the American League unless he hits a rut. He's on a pace to hit 62 home runs. I don't care what Otani does. You can't keep looking at those two guys because they're not even going to make the playoffs. So um, I think Trout's starting to get a little impatient. I'm going to make a little prediction. I'm going to make a little prediction. I I think Trout might make some noise during the offseason. He was hmm. a little bit unhappy the other night. I was watching the game. and um, Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I mean, how much more? Trout's a footnote. I mean, no, he's great. Everybody says it, but he's, 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 he's the invisible man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy when you think they have two of the top five players right. clearly in baseball, and they're not making the playoffs, uh, most likely unless they yep. really get hot in the second half. But you know who is great? And that is our guy, Luke Pergandy. He will join us next on The Odds Couple when we come back from this break. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. We are back on The Odds Couple. Happy holiday weekend, Randy Merkin. Sitting in for Carmen DeFalco along with Mike North. And at this time, it is always our pleasure to welcome in Luke Pergandy from PropSwap. Luke, how are you, my friend? What's up, guys? Hey, Mark. Hey, Mike. Hey, Luke. What's up, bud? 
Well, Luke, going on. Mike just mentioned Durant, so what, we could start right there, I guess, because <laughs> made for props. Wow. As usual, he's thrown things a loop. Uh, he wants out of Brooklyn. Uh, how how have you seen anything so far? As far as you know, I mean, I know people think he might go to Phoenix, might go to LA, but what what what, what has changed on props up since that happened, Luke? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Phoenix seems to be a uh, increasingly more frequently mentioned candidate. So we've seen some Phoenix tickets move. I mean, they were, you know, Durant news aside, they were 10 to 1. I didn't really understand that. Like, this team was the number one team in the league last year in the regular season. I get it that they blew it to Dallas in the playoff round, but I didn't really understand that 10 to 1 anyway. So that's now shifted to 6 to 1 um, with the Durant rumors. So I, I'd like them at 10 to 1. I'm probably not a buyer at 6 to 1 right now. I'd, I'd say that that's a little bit overvalued now, a little bit too far of a swing. But I think that number should be around seven to one or eight to one. So if you can find them, grab it. And obviously, with props up, if you have a ten to one ticket, which is what they were four days ago, you can get that thing posted immediately. You know, Durant doesn't even have to sign; you can get that sold for a profit now. Yeah, and as hard as Durant is, uh, how about Irving now? It seems to be that he's the the bad apple that spoils the whole bunch, no matter what bunch he is in. What's the action there? Uh, as far as Irving is concerned, or is he persona non grata? Yeah, I mean, that's that's going the wrong way. So that's, you know, in the Suns example, you could flip your future for a profit. <laughs> in the Nets example, you're selling that thing for a loss now. I mean, they went from, you know, around, also around 10 to 1. They're even 7 to 1 in some books. They're now almost 40 to 1, the Brooklyn Nets are. So Tragic. that team is, those odds are going the wrong way. You know, Luca, I'm curious as far as uh, prop swap goes, when – Free agency hits, whether it's NFL free agency, Major League Baseball, which is a little different than now the NBA, which seems to always hit us real quickly. Is is it a volatile market on props up? Do people right away yeah. jump on and are like, oh, here we go. I, I might as well jump in and try to get this this team. Oh, definitely. When we when we were kicking around the idea to start prop swap, the, the straw that broke the camel's back that made us finally start the company was when LeBron came back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. The Cavs odds were like, 500 to one without him. The team was horrendous the year before LeBron James goes there. They become the, the favorite. They went down to five to one. I mean, literally it was one of the biggest odd shifts that we can remember. Um, so absolutely free and NBA free agency, most specifically moves numbers the most and quarterbacks in the NFL do too. Of course, Tom Brady uh, impacted the Bucks odds. The Bucks went from 30 to one to six to one with Tom Brady returning, but overall the NBA free agent market is the most volatile off season influence on futures odds. No doubt. If you uh, had Kevin Durant, boy, he could go to one of six teams. Uh, he's not going to shake the front runner status. If he goes to a team like Phoenix, uh, unless, uh, you know, and, and by the way, I understand that he would probably help them win a championship. Uh, but I think they're 10 to one, because they weren't really strong inside, even though Aiton doesn't get a lot of respect, Luke. I'm looking at teams. What other team you think he'd go to that we're not even thinking about? You know what I mean? Some dark horse that maybe somebody could bet on prop swap. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe Miami. You know, yeah. I don't really – obviously, Philly's got Embiid, so he's not going to go there. It doesn't seem like the Bulls are really throwing their hat in the ring. Um, I'd probably say Miami would be my mm-hmm. would be my guess on a dark horse. I don't think he goes to Boston. Possibly Milwaukee. We'll see what Lazarus and them want to want to pay. But um, yeah, if I gun to my head, I'd probably say Miami Heat as a potential 
outcome for him. You know, Luke, uh, uh, last uh, segment we were talking about uh, division races and Major League Baseball and how crazy some of them are. And, you know, the Twins are still are the favorite now in the AL Central. The White Sox are the second and the Guardians. Uh, I mean, it's, are you getting a lot of movement on division races or is it more on individual awards right now on prop swap? Yeah, no, we'll see. We'll see player awards. We'll see division races. Uh, the NL East is, you know, interesting. Obviously Bryce Harper's injury probably put the Phillies out of contention in the NL East, but, um, I mean, you know, NL West, of course, between LA and San Diego. Um, so absolutely divisional races sell all the time on prop. So I would say there's more money to be made. In the divisional races and like the player prop races, so an example would be who will hit the most home runs. We constantly have a story about that every single year. It almost always comes down to the wire, comes down to the last three or four games of the season to see which player will have the most home runs. We're selling a ton of Kyle Schwarber, former well, Cubs, of course, um, to lead the home runs. Yeah, yeah, he's tied for he's he's so uh, league leader is Aaron Judge at twenty nine. He's had some injury concerns, and then uh, Schwarber is tied for second place at 23. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's right there. We're selling tickets on him at um, odds of almost. We sold a, a ticket at odds of 15 to one uh, a couple days ago for a guy that's in second place. Like that's that's a great price, and I get it potentially now that Bryce Harper's out for you know a month or two that he'll probably get less protection. Schwarber will, you know, mm-hmm. if you if you you can't really walk Bryce Harper obviously, so you got to pitch to Schwarber. So maybe downgrade him a little bit, but still to get a guy that's in second place and get 15 to one odds on him. That's a great purchase. Uh, Luke, before I let you go real quickly on the MVP race, Aaron judge, I don't know what he was preseason, but right now he's minus, he's like minus 120, minus 150, depending on which book you look at. Uh, and then you've got Shohei at like plus 250 and Trout at, at nine to one. If you were, because just because you, as you mentioned, judge does get hurt a lot. Okay. So say, he gets hurt, and Shohei keeps doing what he's doing. He might t- become the favorite. If you were a, uh, a smart man, would you list your Aaron Judge ticket right now on PropSwap? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, my people ask me, what, what is my general rule of thumb when, of when to sell a ticket? Minus money. Like, the, the answer yep. to me is minus money. If you can get minus money for a bet, especially, you know, we're in July here. There's so much baseball left to be played during this season, if you can get rid of something in July at minus money, like that's my answer. So, and as always, just because you're selling your own judge, taking a minus money, doesn't mean you can't take some of those proceeds and just go rebet them, right? Get the best of both worlds. You're still, you know, really early parts of the season here. Get it posted, take some cash and just go rebet them and then sprinkle some on Shohei Otani and, you know, you're hedged. All right, Luke, as usual, great stuff. Have a great fourth uh, and we'll uh, talk to you next weekend. Thanks guys. Be safe. Have a good weekend. Oh, Duran, who knows? (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. Here's here's a minus money bet I'll give everybody right now. Love it. This is easy, folks. You know, people say, Mike, we've made so much money off you and Randy and Carmen. What can we do for you? Nothing. We just like to make people happy, especially with gas being high and everything else. I'm sorry. I'm taking Goldschmidt minus the 115. I'll bet a dime on him. He's winning. There's nobody catching him. Did you see the numbers this guy's got? 65 ribbies, for God's sake. Home runs up the you-know-what. I don't think Machado or any of these guys are good enough to catch up with with him, especially the year that he's having right now. Uh, That's interesting you say that, Mike. I I, kind of like it. I just think right now 
Machado has fallen off. He's in oh. that, he knew he would because he had he was in like three ninety for the first right, month. and that's fine. And I, yeah. he's a heck of a ball player, but doesn't it seem like Goldschmidt's minus money right now? Yeah, and he's been good, and the Cardinals are right in that division they're race, right and they're, they're going to be in that division race because yeah. the Brewers just aren't a very good baseball team. You know, team I'm not either. a chalk guy. I no, mean, I, I didn't even like chalk when the teacher handed it to me. I, yes. I don't know. I don't like chalk. <laughs> but here's the deal. I'm not a chalk guy. I just think he's a dominant player right now. He's just locked in. And really, that's not like a crazy bet, right, Mike? It's, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's 115 to make yeah. 100. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not terrible. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're not missing a beat. I mean, where's Carmen? He's in the country, right? Yeah, he's he's just home relaxing. Yeah, but no, I, oh, I, I think I love you, Carm. We love you, right? We do, we do love yeah. Carm. That that's probably you're probably right, Mike. That's probably a safe bet to make yep. right now, uh, because Paul Goldschmidt has been great, and uh, you know Bryce Harper was nine to one, but he's done now because he's out for probably yeah. six weeks. So. Go to Rivers or go to Prop Swap, go wherever you got to go, wherever it is, and just bet Goldschmidt. You know, Mike, when we come back from the break, I'd love to get into some more baseball okay. uh, big picture with you. And also, we, we, we probably should talk about what's going on in the NBA because... And NCAA. Uh, and NCAA, absolutely. we got a lot to get to. We'll be back. The Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. It's a holiday weekend. It's July 4th weekend, which is good and bad because everyone gets so bummed out afterwards they think that the summer is over already. But we still got some time, right? Don't we? I think so. Let me tell you something. Yeah. To To a man that's so white, he's clear. Mm-hmm. Barbecuing outdoors is a bad idea. Okay. Yeah. I like the air condition. Watching some ball games. You know, bake some sausage and peppers. And you know what? Let's live inside. Okay. For the people that want to go out, go swim and have a great Fourth of July. But not not pasty. Pasty likes to be indoors. You know what I also love, Mike? What? Uh, I love the season Justin Verlander is having, and no one seems to want to talk about it because it's unbelievable what he's doing. Uh, he just threw eight innings in his last start scoreless. I think he had like six or seven strikeouts. He's now co-favored for American League Cy Young. I just want to almost give him a shout-out because of what the season he's having. But uh, would you say right now that he you would put money on Justin Verlander at plus 275 to win the Cy Young? Oh, he's so good, and he's so competitive, and he comes to pitch every game. He's like Scherzer until Scherzer of, gets hurt, got hurt. Mike, of course, if his one bad outing is the outing I give out against the White Sox. Oh, he, I was going to so- talk to you about the that, so- The Sox just they, took him the opposite way the entire game. And he got knocked out like in the fourth yeah, inning. Yeah, seven other than to that, nothing. He's been great. Yeah. yeah, that was a double whammy for you. But you yeah. know what? You tried to. You wanted to give a Saturday game. You know what? The whammy was minus two fifty. Right. That was the money right. line. Yeah. And so yeah, but you know what? You've given out a lot of winners. I just think. Uh, look, every time he pitches, even now, I think he's going to win. Yeah. See, the White Sox don't have a guy like that. True. And the Cubs, every time he pitches, you think he's going to win. I mean, I used to feel that way about Burley. I used to feel that way uh, about Berkey Jenkins. I don't feel that way about anybody on the team, on either of our teams right now. With Verlander, I always feel like he's going to win, Rand. All right, Mike, let's, we have, I'm going to give you dealer's choice here. Do you want to talk college football, or do you want to talk about the wacky NBA right now? We could talk real quick college football, how they're ruining it. Yes. Uh, how how uh, I will also say that. Uh, the guy 
Billis, uh, who I had a discussion with two years ago on Twitter, he wanted athletes to be paid. You know, people wanted to be paid. Now now it's going to be like super conferences. And, and really, let's think about this, folks, as far as a gambling standpoint. No, no league. NCAA football, the playoffs, they've been nothing but a bore fest. It's been three, four teams. Maybe this will change things. But UCLA, USC coming to Big Ten is an atrocity. Uh, people are just going for the money. The tradition of college football is over. And there's a better. Just put the games up. I don't care anymore about who wins what, how big the Big Ten is. The Big Ten's going to have 20 teams. They're going to still call themselves the Big Ten down the line. It's just, I, I don't know how you feel, Randy. I feel that way. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just disappointed. I'm indifferent. Yeah, I'm indifferent, and I'm disappointed. I just, I just, you know, I, I don't get the. I mean, I understand why USC and UCLA are coming aboard money, but uh, it kind of bums me out. Like I, I like, and, yeah. and Mike, you you brought up the betting standpoint, but like now we have to factor in traveling across country for a football game in the Big Ten. How about right? UCLA versus Rutgers outdoors in November? Right. Right. Huh? Yeah, I mean, come on, it wasn't supposed to be this way, and I know now that, you know, it's nothing but a money grab for everybody, but the conferences kept some order, the kids were amateurs, it's all gone awry, it was very predictable down the line, TV got involved, Notre Dame started it by having their own network, so, you know, everybody's looking for a piece of that huge pie, but college football to me... I'd rather watch pro football any day of the week. I'd rather watch the pros now. I mean, really, I mean, what's Oklahoma? I mean, Oklahoma's going to play now where? I mean, it's just a joke. Right. And what do you think Notre Dame will do? Because right now they're still an independent. But, I mean, at some point they're going to run out of teams to play because these teams, their rivalries, they usually play like USC, Michigan, I know is, I don't know if they're even on the schedule. It doesn't affect their network status because that's the thing that changed everything for them. But that you're right, Randy. I mean, they're, they've been in the playoffs. Brian Kelly did a decent job, but they're not Notre Dame of the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. I mean, they just aren't, folks, or even Lou Holtz's days. Okay, so maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying right away, I think maybe down the line, ACC. I think maybe down the line, things are going to change so much that they might have to, even though they are involved in the conference and other sports. Right. Uh, And here's an odd question. Um, You think this helps teams like UCLA and USC if they have a star player when it comes to the Heisman? Because... You know, playing all the West Coast late games probably doesn't help them out as much for some of no. the voters. And now they'll be playing more games in the Midwest. Yeah. I mean, is that is that a silly to think that way, Mike? Well, no, and I think it helps recruiting. I mean, you know, kids that have always wanted to play grew up in Illinois that wanted to play in the Big Ten. You can go to UCLA now and play in the Big Ten. I mean, that's unbelievable. You can go to USC and play in the Big Ten. I mean, I can't believe Lincoln Riley, who went out there, knew this was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, to me, it looks bad for college football. It does. And, and, and you know, you can't have 100 years of great tradition or 120 years of great tradition, and all of a sudden now they're just going to go with the super conferences. That's fine. Maybe it will improve the playoffs. But would you agree that the playoffs have been tragic compared to what we thought they were going to be in college football over the years. Most of them are blowouts. Right. And, you know, and you always go into the Final Four, and it's, you're right, it's very rarely 
is it not the main, you know, is it not Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State, or Georgia? Um, for instance, my guy, last year I loved Michigan. I thought, you know, Harbaugh sure. finally figured it out, and I, I think we even had this discussion. I think I was hosting yep. the show, yep. and Michigan was playing Michigan was playing Georgia, and I'm like, Mike, I'm telling you, I think it's like nine points. I'm like, I love the nine points. I think Michigan's going to give them a, a great battle, and it was it was over by the first quarter. It was done. Yeah. Georgia yeah. was just much faster and stronger than Michigan. And, and Michigan they're going to no be chance. as good this year. You got Alabama, and then you got Texas A&M, where people just are just saying they're paying players. I mean, it's it's out of hand. It's it's the ruination of the what we grew up loving. Uh, but will it bother me? No. Put the odds in the paper on Saturday. I'll look at the uh, over and unders. But like you said, it's going to be harder to predict now. You know that you're going to have longer trips and and this and that. It's not going to happen till I think 2024, 25. So uh, for most of these, and a lot can happen until then too. Uh, Mike, in our final few minutes left here in this segment, I, this I, is I, a this is a really good segment, isn't it? It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I hope you all are too. Uh, the NBA is wacky, and uh, you never know what's going to happen from moments notice, but. Um, Right now, if if you're a if you're a betting man, and you know Luke brought up a great example with the Cavs, who are five hundred to one, and LeBron goes there, and obviously the odds change. Are you betting teams you think big free agents like you know Durant or Kyrie uh, might well, go to? How'd that work for Brooklyn? Okay, true, it didn't work out. And I, and once you say that's the that's where the inmates ran the asylum, and Steve Nash, well, you're pathetic. I mean, that's where the the actual players ran the team. And look what happened to him. So I, I think you got to be careful. But if Durant goes to, like like Luke was saying, Phoenix or, or even Boston, I mean, that's a – how about the Bulls? That would be unbelievable. I remember when Rodman came to the Bulls. This would even double that type of excitement, you know. But I, what do you have to give up? Do you have enough to give up? Yeah, do you have salary cap? I don't think we have a shot. No, no, I, I mean, so, I, I don't. You know, and, yeah. and what are they going to say about Durant going to Phoenix? Well, of course, you're going to a team that won 64 games, even though they lost. Oh, I'll save you. I'm the man. And he'll win finals MVP, and everybody will see how great he is, even though I wouldn't trade Devin Booker for him right now. Would you? With you, all the you, injuries you and everything else? I, I believe, uh, I heard this this morning, Devin Booker cannot be in a trade for Kevin Durant. If, uh, so, I've, no! Some, something with his contract he just signed, he's not allowed to be traded right oh, now. Oh, good. So, yeah. Because he's only, he's like 10 years younger, too. Yeah, and the Heat can't train Bam because they this Nets already have a guy in who's on an extended rookie contract in Ben Simmons, so... There's all these rules, but, uh, you know, Mike, you know, all, after all said and done, all these teams making all these moves, yeah. Steve Kerr right now is smoking a cigar and the Warriors ah. are, are loving point. life because oh, I don't know what they were, 12 to 1 maybe before the season started. Oh, and, so good. And, you know, they added, they got Andrew Wiggins a year ago, but, you know, they, they did it the old-fashioned way, right? Yeah, yeah. They did it the old-fashioned way. That's why Steph Curry is respected. He came out of nowhere. He beat a guy, LeBron James, who was still in his prime, uh, took his heart from him. Uh, he's won four championships. It's just a fantastic story, and I love how they got their roster. They got some older guys, but they got three guys under the age of 28 on that team, including Wiggins, Looney, uh, you know, Poole. I, I just, I just love their organization. I do. Here, here's a crazy question: uh, w- Would you right now jump on the Warriors to repeat? Because no Absolutely. one's really no one's really talking about them because every, you know the the other stuff is dominating. But like, you know that team is Clay Thompson's only going to get better because he's going to be more healthy I agree. next year. Great point, uh, Randy. 
I would take them in a heartbeat. I, I believed in I took them for us. I took them this right, year. Right. I took them at the beginning. I go, guys, see, people think that you could just put together a team. The Brooklyn Nets are the example of a tragic situation that just got worse and worse. It doesn't always work that way. I remember the Atlanta Hawks with Steve Smith and uh, John Conkak, and they were going to bring in. They brought in, and they didn't do it. You got to have, I like homegrown. I think Golden State is still the favorite. I don't care what. I know people are talking about the Clippers. You don't even know if those guys are going to last the whole season. They haven't played in a year, some of them. That's another situation that's not worked out. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Mike, you know what's coming up next, though? Jimmy! Our guy, Jim Miller, (laughs) joins us next on The Odds Couple. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. No calm this week. Happy holidays to everyone. Hope you have a great holiday weekend. Randy Merkin in for Carmen along with Mike North. And it's always our pleasure at this time of the show to welcome the expert handicapper from Hawthorne. Of course, it's Jim Miller. Jimmy! He's on fire. Jimmy, how are you, buddy? Boys, no carm this week is a sad thing. Yeah. Northy, you're always there for me, though, so that's a beautiful thing. Merck, good to hear from you. But, yeah, it was a good week last week, and hopefully we can keep things rolling. Uh, Jim, I have to ask you, before we get to talk about harness racing, which is starting in Hawthorne, uh, how much time, because you said you, you had two wins last week, and I think you had two or three the week before, how much time does a Jim Miller spend studying uh, these races before he comes out with the picks because I know Mike is in the lab for hours when he's when he's making his picks. Okay, before he did the show, and I usually just look at a line and say, "All right, I'll take that team." So, how about you, Jim? How, how much studying time do you do? I mean, and seriously, what, what what goes into making a pick in a race? Sure, and the the first thing that goes in is value for sure. I mean, you definitely want to win, but you want to find a little bit of value. And I guess the time all depends on where my selections are coming from. A race like the Kentucky Derby, when I'm not watching every horse's race every time out, that's going to take a lot more time to look at that race, and it's a little bit tougher to hit. But when you're focusing on the home track, especially for me being in Hawthorne for 25 years, I've seen these horses race time after time after time. I know how the jockeys ride races. I know how the track plays, too. And it's probably the reason why I have a lot more success when I'm playing at Hawthorne because it is, it's a lot easier for me because I can usually take half the field and eliminate them right from the start. So that makes my handicap a whole lot easier. And then it's just finding the right value. But there may be a day where I'm giving you three selections and I like six or seven on a card. So it's always a good feeling. But with the home track, it's a lot shorter. Um, I am a first impression handicapper. So if something jumps off the page of me, I'm not going to find a reason to make that horse lose by any means. Instead, I'm just going to find more reason to make that horse win. But, yeah, at the home track, not as long. When I'm looking out of town, you definitely do have to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, I was going to ask you about, you make, do you bet your own uh, picks, or do you just handicap for people and stuff like that? Well, the good thing about uh, paramutual racing is you definitely want to give winners because you want people to win. The house right. gets their cut off the top. So, for me, I'm trying to provide as many winners as possible. Are you allowed when to I bet, do, though? I am allowed to bet. And when I do bet, I'm always going to wager on my picks. So I'm going to look for value, and I will wager on my picks. Of course, I'm not going to wager every race every day. But if there is something that does pop up that does provide value, I'm definitely throwing a few bucks on it. It supports the racetrack. It supports my wallet, too. So I'm definitely going to go after it. Uh, Jimmy, harness racing starting now at Hawthorne? 
Yeah, we had 72 hours to turn the track over thinking, guys, last week we were talking about thoroughbred racing, and this week we already started harness racing on Thursday. So it was a very quick process, but harness racing has begun. So we're now into the meet. We race Friday and Saturday evening this week, and the next week we go to our regular summer schedule, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, each and every week. So it's really kind of a different type of sport. It's a different type of beast with harness racing, but it's enjoyable to get out there in a nice summer night and watch the action. All right, Jimmy, before we let you go, let's get picks. Let's make some money again for this weekend. Hometown racing again. So all three picks at Hawthorne on Saturday night, we're going to bet them all across the board here. Race five, bet the three. Call me Senorita across the board, a horse that was really good last year and looks to get back on track. Race six, bet the six. Fox Valley exploit across the board. And then race 11, bet the nine. Henry the horse across the board. This looks like a talented two-year-old. Casey Leonard drives. He had five winners on opening night, guys. Jimmy, as usual, great stuff. Have a great fourth. Hopefully, you're, are you in a baseball tournament this weekend? We are heading to Milwaukee, playing at the Rock. You know, we're we're heading to Milwaukee too, but I think we're I don't think we're at the Rock though, so we're at a different tournament. What, well, what's your, we'll what, see. You never know. We could what, cross paths. What's your Mark? tournament called, Jim? Uh, Battle for the Boulder. I think we might be in that tournament. I say, I say, to me, I thought that was a Civil War battle. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll find out. Maybe I'll see you later this afternoon, Jim. Yeah. You got it, guys. Have a great Jimmy! weekend. Fire. Uh, you know, it's funny, Mike, that uh, you mentioned, you asked Jim if he made his, uh, if he bets on his races. Because... Well, yeah, because I wasn't sure. I'm sure he makes some extra money because Jimmy's as good as anybody I've ever been around in the horse racing racket. When when I first started, uh, when I was at working at this place called 101 Sports, and they would send us every year. I remember. To the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> and I would see these the guys who were covering the Kentucky Derby, sure. e- every race they were up betting. And I would just, yeah. I thought it was the funniest thing that the, every race they were up making, placing wagers. And they were, most times they were winning because they, you know, these guys who've been covering horse racing for years certainly knew uh, the, what to the do. The people that I used to see at the racetrack at Arlington, the first Arlington, forget about that, the second Arlington, the worst dressed people were the ones that were there the longest betting. Okay. Right. I mean, guys with holes in their shoes and stuff like that. It's a rough racket. So if you get a guy like Jimmy that can pick horses, don't do your own handicap. And if you got a guy like him, especially if he's got the inside uh, track, really, because he works there. I mean, it's, it's got to yep. be some advantage. He knows yep. the horses. Uh, Mike, before uh, we mm-hmm. get out of here, yeah, uh, it's crazy how much people are into Justin Fields. I, mean, I saw there were oh, a God. video post of him at a treadmill, and but uh, I don't know vacation. So they're the Bears, and we probably discussed before. I just want to get your thought mm-hmm. again. Almost mm-hmm. every week, you can talk about this mm-hmm. six and a half wins, and everyone says you know you keep hearing all these analysts saying they're going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Yeah. And I, I want to know what you would do with that uh, over under. I'd right go now. over right now. I don't care. I'd have to go over from what I'm hearing. But, I, you know, and enough with the job. Put a shirt on. Okay. I, I, I know you're built. You're 22 years old. You're a prime time, maybe quarterback coming in to your own, maybe this year or what, Justin Field. Put a shirt on. I know you're built. Okay. Otherwise, I'm going to make a. You want me to take my shirt off and take a picture? Nobody wants to see that. Okay. But I will tell you this right now. Uh-huh. The best bet on the board up there, college and pro, okay? Yeah. Pitt Panthers are minus 125, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are plus 115. Who's going to have more wins? They're betting that. So that means Pitt, I think the over-under for for Trubisky, 7.5. The over-under for the Bears is 6.5. You can make that bet. I'd probably bet Pittsburgh there. Because you know they they're going they don't they're, they're hearing the same crap about Trubisky that everybody else did, and we're hearing the same crap about Justin Fields. Wouldn't it be something, Randy, 
if Justin Fields comes out of nowhere and just stuns everybody and becomes that quarterback that Mitch was his second year and maybe gets the team to seven to eight wins, something like that, or more. I mean, Chicago needs a pleasant surprise right now. We do. We do. And Justin Fields is – I've never seen an athlete – you know, and I'm not saying he won't accomplish a lot, but that has – Really hasn't done anything yet on the field yes, that is, is more popular. So, or just more talked about, I guess, right now. But he's, oh, he's yeah. favored by the press. Yeah. He's favored yep. by the Bears. Things didn't work out for Mitch, but Mitch is starting for Pittsburgh. It's going to be interesting to watch both teams I can't, compete. I can't wait. All right, let's get I the best either. plays, Mike. We've got a couple I, minutes left here, and I, uh, I know you always got some good winners for us. So let's go. I'm going to take uh, the Philadelphia Phillies today. Uh, They're playing the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, uh, I I will say this. The St. Louis Cardinals, we just talked about them, Randy and I, and and, and, and they are great. They're just a great organization. They they really are. But uh, Philadelphia without Bryce Harper has been absolutely weakened. There's no doubt about it. But I like Philadelphia in the money line money line. Uh, plus one point uh, and a half runs at minus 140, okay? Minus 140 for the Philadelphia Phillies uh, playing uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. That's my first one of the day. Okay, this is kind of crazy. I like the Phillies tomorrow. <laughs> there you uh, go again. You I like the Phillies lesson. tomorrow. Uh, the, I don't know the, the line yet, but I know Kyle Gibson Didn't is Did you on- get yourself in trouble a couple weeks ago like this with Verlander? Yes, I did. But okay, it's, well, it won't be a crazy spread with the Phillies. Uh, they're facing yeah. the Cardinals, who are a really good team. So uh, I'm going to take the Phillies on Saturday. Okay, not tonight. Okay. I'm going to take the Phillies Saturday. That's my first pick. Go ahead with your All second right. one, Mike. All right. Now, now, now by the way, the Philly-St. Louis game, uh, Michelos is going for St. Louis. For the Phillies, you got a guy named Falter, 0-2, 4.50 ERA. Wow. Invest 140 to try to win 100. My second pick tonight is going to be uh, the Texas Rangers playing – uh, the New York Mets. Now, the New York Mets and the New York Yankees are are right now the teams that have been making most of the the noise in Major League Baseball. Uh, tonight, you got Chris Bassett at six and five, four point zero one ERA, and then you got Glenn Otto four and three, five point three one ERA. The over and under in this game is uh, nine. Take the under nine in the Texas game, and those are my two, Rand. How about you? I just got one more, and it's more of a futures bet. I think Rafael Nadal is going to win the Wimbledon. You can get him at good odds right now. It's six or seven to one. So Listen to you. I'll go with Rafael Nadal to win Wimbledon. Oh, that's beautiful. So yes. we got two apiece, folks. Don't forget, podcast will be up. Don't forget to tune in to the, uh, to the guys, uh, Carmen and Yurko, 148 today. And uh, what's your Twitter, hand, Twitter handle again, Mike? North to North, N-O-R-T-H, number two, N-O-R-T-H. Always. Fo- at Randy Merkin. Right. Always follow Mike. He's always got great betting Thank advice you, for you every day. Uh, listen, everyone have a great holiday weekend. Happy wagering to everyone. Always a pleasure to fill in for Carmen. And we will talk to you next week on The Odds Couple. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeValgo and Mike North on ESPN 1000.